you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Hey everybody, it is Wednesday, September 14th, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. I am your man, MG Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florida. We've got the specialist on the other side of the camera there, a cast of dozens that help us put on this show. And uh, we are officially through week one. Uh, did you put in a ton of waiver claims? Were you successful anywhere? I did not put in a ton of waiver claims. Uh, in one league, I got Curtis Samuel for five bucks. I was very nice. happy with that. And then uh, I, I got Gerald Everett in a couple of leagues because, you know, my tight end approach was pits or weight. And where I waited, I ended up needing a tight end. Yeah, I, I didn't really do a lot of waiver claims because I felt like, you know, for the most part, I had guys who were really good who just sort of underperformed. I wasn't ready to make wholesale changes, although I did have to put in a lot of claims for Jeff Wilson. 
I realize I have Elijah Mitchell in more spots than I realized <laughs> as I was going through my lineups uh, over the I, week. I did have a buddy who in one league of mine, we have a $100 fab. He mm. spent 99 of it last night. So Gah. that's it for him. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck the rest of the way. Uh, all right. We got plenty to talk about. Week two is upcoming, so we will preview every game uh, coming up for week two, we'll also have some sleepers and some trap players, guys who maybe look good on paper that maybe you might want to avoid when you actually do set your lineup. But first, let's start it off with some news, the fantasy headlines. And start in Dallas. Jerry Jones says the Cowboys are not going to put Dak Prescott on injured reserve. The Cowboys are being very optimistic, saying they think he could return possibly in the next four weeks. Of course, we had the news earlier that uh, he is going to have surgery on his hand. Uh, it was successful. I've never heard them say the surgery was unsuccessful, by the <laughs> way. Uh, but he had successful surgery on his thumb. The Cowboys are hoping he can be back sooner than later. But in the meantime, for fantasy managers, this sort of leaves you in a bind because there's no definitive timetable. He's not being placed on IR by the Cowboys, which means if you have an IR spot on your roster, he may not be eligible. So if you've got Dak, what do you do right now? I, I think you're just kind of handcuffed right now. Like, I, I don't think you drop Dak Prescott, especially if they're saying he could return in the next month. Uh, you would be kicking yourself if, like, three, four weeks from now, Dak is back and looking like the Dak of old. So, unfortunately, I think you just got to kind of got to just burn a roster spot these next couple of weeks. But luckily, quarterback is the deepest position, so you should be able to find a respectable starter at least on the waiver wire. That's sort of the thing. I've had some people ask me about trades and should I trade a guy for, for a quarterback? And my answer is no, just because of what you said. Quarterback is deep in most leagues. You're only starting one. There's still going to be guys out there that can kind of get you through the short term. But it's going to be a frustrating wait because there is no definitive timetable on when he comes back. It could be four weeks. It could be eight weeks. So until the Cowboys make a move to put him on injured reserve, you are sort of left burning a roster spot waiting for him. Because you know the moment you drop Dak, someone else in your yep. league is going to go get him. Yeah. He's not going to sit there and wait for you for like three, four <laughs> weeks for you to come get him back. No, if he was a lower quarterback, sure, then you could get away with doing that. But the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, come on. No. Everyone's going to try to pick him up. But if you lost Dak, I think you should be trying to grab like a Winston mm -hmm. or, or a Tua, even a Mariota who showed us that he can be valuable with his legs. I don't know if you want to do the Carson Wentz thing, but he's another option. He, you know, if you like roller coasters, <laughs> Carson Wentz is your man. Uh, he is the, you know, the Six Flags player of the week, I guess. Uh, <laughs> every week. Every week. Over to Pittsburgh. Najee Harris, we talked about this on Monday, uh, was seen leaving the stadium after the game on Sunday in a walking boot. Does have a foot injury, but he says he is going to play this weekend against the New England Patriots. Now, this is a foot that he has injured in the past. Uh, he says he's going to go. The Steelers don't really seem to be refuting that. We were sort of hinting maybe Jalen Warren is potentially an option, but if Najee plays, are you worried at all about his foot? Are you worried he might be on a snap count this weekend? Yeah. In, in my first go-around of rankings, I have him ranked as the RB28, mm. which, which seems low, but he's behind guys like Jeff Wilson, James Robinson, uh, Travis Etienne, David Montgomery, even Michael Carter. Like Those are all running backs that I just feel more comfortable with Najee Harris I think is the ultimate risk reward type play because we know if you if he does suit up we know the upside that he has he was a first round pick for a reason but they were saying it was a high ankle sprain uh, initially he was in a boot to me 
I, I get, and it's a tough matchup against the Patriots defense. It just feels like Najee could play and be very, very limited or leave the game early because he retweaks that ankle. That is, that's going to be so hard to figure out. It's going to be important to sort of watch the practice reports, keep an eye out on, on whether he's limited at all in practice, how much he practices to get a feel for it. This could be a thing where we are waiting pretty much up until Sunday to get an idea of what he could be. So uh, ideally, you have other options. I mean, this is week two, so hopefully you've drafted somebody who's going to be available for you. If not, maybe you made a waiver claim. I mean, I know Jeff Wilson was incredibly popular this week, so hopefully you were able to grab somebody on waivers. Just as an insurance policy, I know if Najee plays, it's going to be hard to sit him because of what you said. You spent a first-round pick probably on the guy. It's just hard to put him on your bench this early. If I, I know the Thursday night game, if you have Austin Eckler, obviously you're playing him. But if you somehow have Najee Harris and you had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire say it's like your RB3, I would play CEH over Najee Harris this week. Yeah, uh, we're going to talk about CEH in just a little bit too because he's an interesting, uh, interesting guy to, to kind of dive into. Uh, speaking of the Thursday night game, Keenan Allen, no surprise, unlikely to play against the Chiefs on Thursday night. He injured a hamstring fairly early in the game against the Raiders in week one and uh, had an MRI. Again, because it was a short week, all signs pointed to him sitting out. So... Last week, with no Keenan Allen, I think we all thought they were going to pivot to Mike Williams. They didn't. DeAndre Carter ended up having a good day. Gerald Everett had a touchdown catch. This week, which pass catcher do you like to step up in the assumed absence of Keenan Allen? I, I think Mike Williams is the obvious answer. Uh, I and, and I know people are panicking, and Mike Williams had a down week one. It, it, it's not what we wanted to see, but it's also not like it's something unheard of like Mike Williams even last year finishing as a top 12 wide receiver routinely had a couple of games like that throughout the year it's just who he is as a receiver and his style of play after that I think Gerald Everett steps up in, in the passing game a lot I, I've been picking him up uh, as a streaming tight end in a lot of places and then after that I would say Josh Palmer mm -hmm. he's the one that I have the most interest in I know he didn't do a whole lot last week in the box score but he did play the second most snaps by a good amount amongst the receivers. DeAndre Carter was at 39%. Josh Palmer was at 77%. Yeah, Palmer's a guy that I, I drafted late in a few spots just because I wanted more shots at, a, at the Chargers passing game. But, yeah, you're right. On paper, he didn't do much. I think he had three catches for five yards, which feels really hard to do. Uh, but somehow he <laughs> did it. It was DeAndre Carter who at least made the splashy you know, noise in the box score because he had the touchdown. He had, I think, 50, 60 yards, something like that. But everything else pointed to Palmer sort of being that next option. Uh, if you did get Gerald Everett, I know you said you got Gerald Everett in the league. I had to pick him up a couple of places last Sunday because George Kittle was out. Uh, I do think he's going to get opportunity. I think he's going to be fairly good all year long, to be honest with you. But in terms of the wide receivers, it feels like Josh Palmer's the next man up. Don't be blinded by what happened with DeAndre Carter because it feels like he's a little bit down the list right now uh, in Los Angeles. That feels like a perfect way, though, to get into our look at the Thursday night football game. Uh, first game on Prime Video. So in case you get home on Thursday and you're wondering where the game is, it is streaming on Prime Video. So pull up that, uh, that Amazon Prime app. You will find it there. Just, you know, so nobody's like freaked out looking across their cable system and wondering why they can't <laughs> find football. It, it's sort of like the uh, it's sort of like the NC2A tournament where everybody's like, what channel is True TV again? This is what this feels like. I, I love Impract like Impractical Jokers is one of my favorite shows. So <laughs> I know what channel True TV is, but every year you always see people like what True TV still exists. <laughs> right. like, yeah, like people don't even know. Yeah. So uh, Prime, 
Not True TV. I don't want to confuse. Like, it's not on True TV. <laughs> all right, True TV. It's not. All right, I, we <laughs> we spent way too much time on this. All right. Um, you mentioned Clyde Edward Delaire, and really surprised everybody with a couple of touchdown receptions in Week One against the Arizona Cardinals. You know, we have sort of been down on him because his first couple of years have not been great. Do you trust him this week? I mean, look, outside of the whole you know Najee Harris vacuum thing here, but just straight up on his own, do you trust him? Is it possible that he can back up good games two weeks in a row? I, I think so, and, and you could accuse me of drinking the Kool-Aid, but I, I wrote about CH. He's a start for me in the Stardom Cinema column this week, and I have him ranked as my RB11 wow. heading into week two. It, it's high, but... Early on in that game, he was playing about 60% of the snaps. And, and what I loved was that he was dominating the touches early on. They would take him off the field in, in situations for, like, pass blocking and stuff. But I believe he had six of their first seven carries. And he had, I, I think, all of the early RB targets, too. And they were using him near the goal line. Plus, this is a good matchup. I know you were talking about it the other day, Marcus, about how last year how much the Chargers struggled against the run. They were able to limit... Josh Jacobs last week, but a lot of that was because they jumped out to a multiple score lead and, and the Raiders just completely abandoned the run. So I, I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire would stay involved in the passing game, even if the Chiefs decided to run the ball less. I, I'm Again, you could say I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but I, I'm buying in after one week. <laughs> I, I have this feeling that this week's going to look different for CEH and that I think he may be more involved in the run game. I think part of why you saw him involved in the passing game so much is because the Cardinals, bless their hearts, decided <laughs> they wanted to blitz Patrick Mahomes over and over and over again. I think I saw that in the first half they blitzed him like 54% of the time, which is like the most he'd ever seen. And all he did was light them up for like three touchdown he, passes. He's the wrong guy to blitz. Right. He dominates the blitz. So, like, he lit him up for three touchdown passes in the first half. You see Clyde Edwards-Lair get two of them. It just seems easy. You know, if, if you're going to bring that kind of pressure, he's going to get the ball out quick, whether it's to Travis Kelsey, whether it's to Edwards-Lair, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, you take your pick. I think – the Chargers are going to be smart enough to not take that approach uh, against <laughs> Mahomes this this week. So I think you're going to see Edwards Lair maybe more as a runner. Um, look, I, I think if you're banking on him scoring two touchdowns, you may be disappointed. But I do think he stays involved. And, and maybe this is the year he sort of turns the corner and kind of has that third-year breakout in Kansas City. On the other side, it was not a great day for Austin Eckler. I mean, he was involved. Um, obviously, they didn't need him. They went on and got the win anyway. Do you expect he's going to have a bounce back this week? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's Austin Eckler. Like, one week is not enough for me to be like, oh, like, ring the panic alarm or anything <laughs> like that. I, and I think without Keenan Allen, he could even see more targets. Uh, this is a game that I think is going to be high scoring. We remember last year when these teams faced off uh, late in the season on Thursday Night Football. It was very high scoring, and Eckler had a good game. He scored a touchdown. He went for, for over 80 yards. I know that's not like the huge Eckler game that we want, but earlier in the season when they played him, he had over 100 yards, and he, he was involved in the passing game. He caught a touchdown. He's Austin Eckler. I, I still have him ranked as a top five running back. I, I wouldn't be worrying at all. I mean, this, this just seems like, okay, he had a slow start to the season. Not freaked out about it. I think he's going to be involved. Like you said, I'm expecting a lot of points in this game, thinking it's going to be back and forth. And if that's the case, they need Austin Eckler. Um, plus, he's a guy that you know, not as not just a pass catcher, but a route runner for them. I mean, he's not just taking outlets and, and running down the field. So uh, I'm not so worried about Austin Eckler. Again, you probably drafted him with a top five pick. You're playing him this week. <laughs> uh, he's going to be fine. All right. 
Our trusty NFL research team found this nugget for us. For the fourth time in NFL history, there were four or more players with 140 or more rushing yards in the opening week. Of those four guys, again, uh, Barkley, Taylor, Swift, and Chubb, who is the most likely, you think, to repeat that, to go 140 or more in week two? I, I think it'll be Saquon Barkley. And, and I was Jonathan Taylor's always a candidate, but he just routinely runs for 140 against the Texans every week. Uh, Saquon Barkley is the Giants offense. Like, he played 83% of the snaps last week. He had 18 carries, seven targets. I mean, I mean, he led the team in targets and receptions while also running for 164 yards and a touchdown and the winning two-point conversion. I mean, I don't know what more this man has to do. <laughs> like, he, he's just so good. And this is a game against the Panthers where the Giants could actually be playing with the lead. And if that's the case, I mean, they're just going to ride Saquon Barkley until the wheels fall off. So I, I think that he has a strong case every week of rushing for that many yards. I mean, the burst looks like it's back for Saquon. He, he looks like the guy that was coming out of Penn State and just running people over. I, I'm going to go with Nick Chubb because sort of like you talk about Saquon being the offense, Nick Chubb, he's maybe not the whole offense in Cleveland, but he's a large part of it because as long as Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback – they're not going to lean on him to throw the ball a ton. If, if you see Jacoby Brissett routinely throwing the ball 35 times, things have gone really bad in Cleveland. But to sort of keep it close, I think they have to lean on Chubb. We know he is so great after contact, picking up those extra yards there. And I think you know, the matchup is pretty good against the Jets in a game that I expect to stay close pretty much throughout. So I expect another big workload for Nick Chubb. I expect him to do Nick Chubb things. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 140 or more yards again in week two. All right, let's jump into our game previews. Let's start it off with that Jets and Browns matchup. Uh, if you are looking at somebody, start, sit, beware, Whatever. Uh, where are you going to go? I, I went there last week. I I'm going to double down. I'm just straight up sitting Amari Cooper. And, and Marcus, you literally just said if, if Jacoby Brissett has to throw the ball 35 times, something has gone horribly wrong. <laughs> he threw the ball 34 times last week. Amari Cooper finished with 17 yards. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett finished with 147 yards and one touchdown. That's the sort of volume we're talking about in a game where the Browns had to throw the ball because it was it was close and they fell behind late. If this is a week against the Jets where they're playing, you know, it's closer, they're playing with a lead, which I, I certainly think is possible, they're going to want to keep Jacoby Brissett closer to like 20, 25 passing attempts, I, I believe. And that's just not enough volume for Amari Cooper. Uh, they're going to, he's the clear focus in that passing game that other defenders, defenders are going to be uh, keening in on. So I, I just think Amari Cooper is someone right now to just flat out sit everywhere. I mean, it's a situation where, there's not going to be a ton of targets, at least if things are going right for the Browns. Not a ton of targets available. And you sort of looked at, like, the route depth for these teams. They're not really pushing it downfield. No. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones was mostly the downfield threat, and even that wasn't necessarily huge. So I'm with you. I, I avoided drafting Amari Cooper this year, and if I have him, I don't know that I feel comfortable playing him at all at this point. Uh, the Commanders and the Lions – we talked about this earlier. The Commanders have an interesting pass-catching group. They do. You know, we knew Terry McLaurin was going to be a thing, but Curtis Samuel came alive in week one. And my sleeper this week is Jahan Dotson. And I know there are folks, you know, the, the draft Knicks, the dynasty folks who were big on Jahan Dotson, and I think the rest of us sort of saw what was up this past week. I didn't get a, a ton of catches, but did make some nice plays, had a touchdown as well. And you looked at it. 
he was running in terms of going downfield about the same amount as Terry McLaurin. So now you've got two guys sort of on the outside that can kind of stretch the field for you. Carson Wentz, we know he's going to be inconsistent, but he does like to throw the ball downfield. So that is a good thing for Dotson. Uh, the Lions, you know, they were giving up some some chunk plays last week as well. I know they gave up the big, long catch to A.J. Brown, who, look, I don't know if that's fair to compare because A.J. Brown is just a man. Uh, but I do think you're going to see Washington push the ball downfield. Uh, if Dotson is out there in your league and your waiver wire, go get him. Um, but I do think he has some sleeper appeal this week. I like him. I, I, I like all of the Washington pass catchers. And, and Dotson and Samuel were two of the players this week that I was like, if they're out there, they're worth more than a min-bid. I didn't think many were. Also, that game is the rematch, I guess, or the revenge game of like the 2017 draft class. Oh, that's right. Goffers right. uh, versus Goffers Wentz. Versus Wentz. Oh, that's right. Uh, it's going to be a big big couple of weeks for Wentz because like, he's, he's got the Lions. I think he's got the Eagles. He's going to have the Eagles a couple times yeah. uh, this year because that's uh, you know his old team, his original team that he'll try to get revenge on too. So a lot going on for Carson Wentz. Uh, Bucks and the Saints. If we're going to pull a clip for social and put this across social media, I feel like this is the thing that it's going to be. Um, I don't. Get, I don't think you're wrong. I just think it's going to generate conversation. I'm going to get some flack for this, but <laughs> I, I'm saying beware of the goat. Beware of Tom Brady, and I actually have him as a sit in the start and sit column. Look, he's played the Saints four times since becoming a member of the Bucks, and in those games, he's thrown for 239, 209, 375, and 214 yards. So one good game, three bad ones, and. He has six touchdowns to eight interceptions in those games. He's averaged less than 17 fantasy points per game against the Saints, whereas he averages over 26 against everyone else. The Saints have just had Brady's number, and those numbers are all inflated by that one big game. It's possible he is the GOAT. He is Tom Brady. He, he's proven me wrong more times than I can count already. But this is a tough matchup, and it's not like Brady played lights out last week either. He scored less than 11 fantasy points. There's no Chris Godwin. For me, this is like... My Matt Stafford sit last week. I wouldn't sit him for just anyone, but if you have another quarterback on your roster, say a Derek Carr or someone like that that you feel comfortable with, I would play that player over Brady. Yeah, it's it's become notorious that the Saints just know how to stop Tom Brady. I'm sure there are 30 other teams in the league that want to bottle that <laughs> and figure out how to make that work, but for whatever reason, the Saints have, have sort of figured it out. Uh, Panthers and the Giants, and we talked about Saquon Barkley here. For me... I'm sort, of, I'm sort of hedging on this. So I wrote beware of Robbie Anderson. And I think on the one hand, you can certainly beware because most of his yardage came on one play. He had one long touchdown catch. So in that respect, it's sort of hard to think that, that he can do it again just because this isn't necessarily a vertical passing game. On the other hand, I do think he has sleeper potential just because he ran 100% of, of routes on 100% of the dropbacks last week. Uh, he did lead the team in targets. So... Maybe there are more chunk plays there. I just think basically for Robbie Anderson, it's going to be inconsistent week to week. I think there are going to be weeks where he will be better than he has been. Uh, but, you know, sort of like we talked about with Mike Williams, there could be weeks where he just sort of leaves you wanting. So uh, I'm, I know I'm, I'm kind of talking in circles at the moment right now. But you know, if you really are short on wide receivers, I think he's a guy you can kind of give a shot to as a flex option. But I don't know that you can feel really great about it, if that makes sense. No, I, I think it does. When, when I saw Robbie do what he did, my, my first takeaway wasn't like, he's great. It was like, oh, this is bad for DJ Moore. Like, <laughs> like if, if other pieces are becoming a big thing in this offense, because DJ Moore is going to have games where he's the guy. So, mm -hmm. like, it could just, like you said, it could just be kind of a headache each week. Yeah, I just, I don't think there's enough 
in you know, with Baker Mayfield at quarterback for multiple guys to be successful in the same game, especially because Christian McCaffrey is going to get yeah. more. He didn't get a lot last week. He's going to get more. So that means it's going to be McCaffrey and take your pick of more or Anderson every week. So we'll see. All right, we got plenty more games to talk about. Uh, we will come back, look at the Patriots and the Steelers, also the Seahawks and the 49ers, which maybe is a little more interesting than we thought it would be at this point in the season. That is next on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Your, hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. 
Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
NFL Plus is the league's new exclusive video streaming subscription service. NFL Plus has your game day covered with live, local, and primetime regular season and postseason games right on your phone or tablet. NFL Plus is available in the NFL app and at NFL.com. Subscription plans start at just $4.99 per month. Fans can visit plus.nfl.com and sign up for a free trial of NFL Plus today. Next on our list of game previews for week two, we got the Patriots and the Steelers. We talked earlier about Najee Harris. He says he plans to play. We'll see how limited he may be as we get to Sunday. But in terms of this game starts and sits for most fantasy managers, uh, we're still down on New England, huh? Yeah, we're we're down on New England. I think with the with the Steelers there, you you start Deontay. I think Pat Frymuth's in play. After that, I kind of get away from the rest. With the steel, the Patriots. I mean, I'm getting away from it all. Like Mac Jones is banged up right now. He he's dealing with uh, back spasms of his own, so he's a little up in the air. Hunter Henry was a guy who was useful last year, but he's getting outplayed by Jonu Smith in week one. And, and if he doesn't score a touchdown, we know how volatile he is. Uh, the receivers. I, I mean, there's. Four different receivers getting action like that. That is not what you want to see for fantasy purposes. And then the running backs were supposed to be the thing that we can hang our hat on in this offense. But Damian Harris led them last week with just 40% of the snaps, nine carries. Uh, all three of their running backs were involved in the passing game. I know Ty Montgomery is sidelined now, but even still, until we see one of them consistently get usage they're, they're we're looking at like 10 to 12 touches for them that's just not enough I don't think it's not enough at all I, I will say that maybe with Ty Montgomery on injured reserve maybe this means more targets for Ramondre Stevenson I was surprised he had fewer targets than Montgomery uh, Montgomery played more snaps than Stevenson in week one frustrating super frustrating so maybe that clears it up a little bit but there's still so much about that offense that is just underwhelming uh, I'm with you I don't and, want any and part then of we, it the Steelers shut down the Bengals a week ago <laughs> I, I don't want I don't want the Patriots against them. want no part of that at all uh, Colts and the Jaguars and I'm gonna say I have Naheem Hines as a sleeper he might just be a flex start depending on on what your roster looks like or how deep your league is Coming into the year, Frank Reich you know, made a, a comment about how, you know, if I played fantasy football, I would really pay attention to Naheem Hines. And we all sort of perked up at that. And then I saw the results of week one. I'm like, oh, yeah, he wasn't lying. I mean, <laughs> Michael Pittman was far and away the number one target in the offense. No surprise there. But the next most efficient and productive pass catcher was Naheem Hines. Caught all six of his targets. Really was the closest thing they had to a wide receiver, too, because – they don't have anybody else that's going to catch the football there consistently. Alec Pierce now, uh, I think, is going to be out with a concussion because he took a really wicked shot during the game. Uh, there's just nobody else that you can really count on in that offense to catch the football. So we know that Jonathan Taylor is going to get the rushing work, and he'll get a few targets. But Naheem Hines, I mean, he might be the number two pass catcher in Indianapolis right now. I, I agree. And, and it's something that, that we were talking about coming into the year. Like, Matt Ryan just likes throwing to his running backs a lot. And, and both of them uh, saw over five targets in week one. So I, I think it is 100% uh, an instance where, like, just because Jonathan Taylor is Jonathan Taylor doesn't mean there's not enough for Naheem Hines to also be fantasy relevant. I think I think that's going to be the case pretty much all year long. It's in the past we'd have the Naheem Hines game. This might be Naheem Hines' like season at this point, unless yeah. they find somebody else. <laughs> uh, the Dolphins and the Ravens, uh, two teams that 
are interesting, I guess, uh, offensively. Uh, you know, the Dolphins look like they they look like they've got something going. The Ravens, I mean, they were Lamar Jackson heavy, no surprise there. What do you like in this one? Uh, so on the Dolphins side, I think you start Tyreek Hill. I think you start Chase Edmonds. Uh, the rest are a little up in the air. We're going to talk more about Jalen Waddle later. For the Ravens, you know you're starting Mark Andrews. You know you're starting Lamar Jackson. And I would still be starting Rashad Bateman. I know it's easy to look at what he did in Week One and be like he had one good catch that saved his day. Well, it was a 50-yard touchdown. Like that is what Rashad Bateman brings to the table. He is a deep ball threat. He could win in the red zone. But what I like is. He was the second most targeted player behind Mark Andrews. He led this receiving core in snaps and, and routes, and he is going to be their top receiver. And, and last week it was against the Jets. The Ravens had a lead. Lamar only threw 30 times. This game could be closer against the Dolphins. Lamar might be showing out for a team that he potentially wants to play <laughs> on in the future. I, I expect more passing this week, and if that's the case, I expect even more Rashad Bateman production. We sort of talked about this, too, earlier in the week. This feels like an offense that might be able to support three pass catchers this year because I don't think Bateman gets the same kind of target share as Marquise Brown, which means you've got Andrews, you've got Bateman, and you've got Devin DuVernay, who could end up being uh, fantasy-relevant pretty much all year. Falcons and the Rams, and I saw, you know, I think Andrew Siciliano tweeted out the stat about teams that start a season 0-2, and, and your chances of making the Super Bowl are pretty much nil at that point. So weirdly, this is an elimination game uh, for <laughs> these two teams. It's also the Todd Gurley Bowl, even though he hasn't you know, played in the league uh, in a while. But I'm saying you can start Allen Robinson. And this is mostly, I think, a don't panic message about what happened in week one. Yeah, it was awful. You got two points out of Allen Robinson. Matthew Stafford seemed to barely look his way. They're not playing the Bills this week. They're not playing that Bills defense. We saw in the fourth quarter last week, Jameis Winston and the Saints offense really come alive. And I just also think after what happened last week, Sean McVay knows they've got to get Allen Robinson going a little bit more. They've got to get him involved in the passing game. So I'm not going to quite say this is the squeaky wheel theory because we haven't heard anything from Robinson specifically, but this is more of the Rams sort of overcorrecting a little bit, figuring out what went wrong, getting a lot of their other pieces involved, and again, not having to play a defense for a Super Bowl caliber opponent, <laughs> I think has a lot to do with it. So if you have Allen Robinson and you were freaked out about last week, this is just my moment to say, take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. He's going to bounce back this week. And me and you both watched all of his routes after that game and both of our takeaway would like yeah he could have had more more volume go his yeah. way yeah he should have had more than two targets um you know i know somebody was like he was open on all of them like ah, i'll pump the brakes <laughs> i'll pump the brakes on that but he definitely should have had more than two targets last week uh so seahawks and 49ers i should say your your nfc west leading seattle seahawks which is not a phrase Wild. i thought i'd be saying uh, against the san francisco 49ers who are licking their wounds after a frustrating loss in week one uh, who are you looking at for this one? I, I think for the 49ers, you're playing Debo Samuel. We got to see about George Kittle. I think Trey Lance is still in play. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then for the Seahawks, though, uh, after Rashad Penny, I, I say beware of everyone. That includes DK Metcalf mm -hmm. and Tyler Lockett, who in years past were obvious must starts with Russell Wilson. You look back at week one, Geno Smith threw the ball 28 times. DK Metcalf led them with seven targets. He caught all seven of them for 36 yards. Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> and then Tyler Lockett, only four targets, three catches, 28 yards. And again, 
this is now a matchup where I think both teams are going to try to establish the run. This could be one of the slowest paced games of the year. Forget the week. <laughs> like we could see each team attempt 25 passes or something like that. And when we're talking about Geno Smith, clearly the game plan with him is control the clock, short throws that you know you can complete. You're not airing it out. You're not taking those moon ball shots with Russ. I just think it's going to be a very, very long year. Some good weeks for these guys, but more often than not, I think you're going to be getting like 10, 11 points out of DK Metcalf, and, and that is going to be frustrating. Watching that game on Monday night, I, I thought, man, Gino is balling out. I mean, he is dealing. <laughs> and then I went back and looked, and he had fewer than 200 passing yards. Yeah. That, uh, that does not bode well for the rest of the year for those guys. I don't think so. At all. Bengals and the Cowboys next up on our list of week two games. We talked about the Cowboys, no Dak Prescott. So you're sort of taking a cautious approach with pretty much everybody. C.D. Lamb, Zeke, Tony Pollard, Dal Dalton Schultz, et cetera, et cetera. Let's look on the Bengals side because I think you're streaming the Bengals defense. We're, we're picking on the Cowboys offense right now until Dak Prescott gets back. So the Bengals feel like a really great streaming option this week. You know, maybe to, to get some sacks on rush, get some turnovers, that sort of thing. Also want to talk about Joe Burrow because it was not a great week for him in week one. He sort of rallied and tried to salvage it as much as possible in the, the latter part of the game, but turned the ball over a ton. I think he bounces back this week. I mean, he's just too good. He has too many weapons. That offense is too good to think that he's going to do this all year long. So, And I say this as somebody who started Joe Burrow in a couple of places last week. Yeah, it was not what we wanted. Um, like I feel like in, in the short time it took for me to get from here to home on Sunday, <laughs> he'd already thrown a couple of picks. That was not a great way to start. But I think, I think he's going to bounce back. There's a reason we're drafting him as a top six or top eight quarterback. I just, I just don't think you can keep him down for too long. He looked great outside of those picks. Like he was throwing the ball down, feel well. Like it was just one of those games where like you kind of tip your hat to the Pittsburgh D. Like they got playmakers on that side of the ball as right. well. Yeah. So I think you think you don't have to panic on Joe Burrow this week. It's time for Who's Gonna Eat, presented by Uber Eats. Managing a fantasy team and hitting refresh on your scores works up an appetite. So order with Uber Eats today. All right, let's talk about this Broncos-Texans matchup. Florio, who do you think is going to ball out in this one? This is kind of a straightforward game. I think for the Texans, you know to play Brandon Cooks. Rex Burkhead is maybe a flex, and that's kind of it there. I would still be sitting Damian Pierce. And then uh, with the Broncos, you know Javante Williams looks like a star right now. Russell Wilson is still a start. But I think Jerry Judy is a start as well. And Cortland Sutton is as well. The only thing is, coming into the year, Cortland Sutton was getting a lot of hype. And... In week one, he had a great game, but so did Jerry Judy. And that was kind of something I think that got overlooked in the preseason. Everyone was so bullish, or not everyone, but a lot of people were very bullish on Cortland Sutton that Jerry Judy started to fall in drafts a little bit. And I kind of think this is the new DK and Lockett in the sense of Cortland Sutton It may be the DK, but Jerry Judy is, is a very good receiver in his own right. He's going to be that Tyler Lockett and... When you look back at how those two were the last couple of years in Seattle, there were there were locket weeks and there were DK weeks. And I think that's exactly going to be the case with these Broncos guys. And in the end, those guys would end up pretty close to each other yeah. in the final rankings. And that very well could be the case with Sutton and Judy. Although it was frustrating, those first few drives when Russ wasn't throwing to any wide receivers at all. Do you know, so... Just to go off topic, I tweeted as a joke. I was like, the answer to Sutton versus Judy was Andrew Beck. And then <laughs> right. Judy scored a touchdown and someone tagged me in old takes exposed. And I was like, you got it. Like, there's so much worse you could tag me in than this. <laughs> like, clearly was a joke. Uh, people, uh, look, 
I have thoughts. I'll let it go. <laughs> Just don't do that. That was Who's Gonna Eat, presented by Uber Eats, the official on-demand food delivery partner of the NFL. Even if you make the wrong fantasy lineup call, make the right call on delivery. Order with Uber Eats today. Uh, Cardinals at the Raiders, two teams. Again, this is sort of an another another elimination game, right? The Cardinals got drilled by the Chiefs in week one. The Raiders really could never get it going against the Chargers. They lose week one. I think for Las Vegas, I think Derek Carr is certainly in play. We know Devontae Adams is definitely a start. Darren Waller uh, should be a start as well. On the Cardinals side, you're starting Kyler. You're starting you know, Marquise Brown, James Conner. I also think you're starting Zach Ertz. And I have been on record as saying that I thought Zach Ertz was going too late in drafts. I know he didn't have big numbers in week one, just two catches, 14 yards, did have a touchdown. Uh, I think he also had a two-point conversion in that, which sort of saved his day. There will be more targets for him. I think also what happened is that the Chiefs or the uh, the Chiefs jumping out to a big lead, it really sort of scrambled what Arizona wanted to do. I think they wanted to push the you know, had to push the ball downfield more to try to get back in the game. I think this week this game stays closer. I think you see Kyler get his passing weapons involved a little bit more, and I still think that until DeAndre Hopkins comes back uh, with Rondale Moore still sort of nursing an injury. I think there's still plenty of targets for Zach Ertz, so I would expect more than 14 yards. I expect more than the two catches he had. I think you're fine having him in your lineup this week. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Uh, I, I he, he last week was limited and still got the job done like, right. for fantasy purposes, so that's, that's all you want. Right. I mean, look, with tight ends, if they score a touchdown, you're pretty much golden, Yeah. and I think he's going to do more than that uh, this week as well. Sunday Night Football, the Bears and the Packers. The Bears flying high after their big win. The Packers still trying to figure some things out offensively. And I see you're, you've done an about face from where you were on a certain player last week. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm saying again to start Aaron Rodgers here. I, I, I Last week, I was like, listen, he thrives against the Vikings and it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. But... The Bears are the ultimate get-right game. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> At least I for don't. him. <laughs> for At Aaron, least for Aaron Rodgers, they are. <laughs> like, he is an honorary owner of the Chicago Bears. We know that. And in his last four games against Chicago, he's averaged nearly 29 fantasy points per game, throwing almost four touchdowns per game. He just – it's something about this matchup. He always plays well against the Bears. He has his entire career. I, I know that – there are concerns about the Packers' offense, their receiving room, and everything, and it's real. But this just feels like a spot where Aaron Rodgers, last week, last year too, remember, he was awful week one mm -hmm. and then went on to be the MVP the rest of the way. I'm not worrying too much yet a after one down game. I think this is a get-right spot for him. It is, it is a home game. It is an island game on Sunday Night Football. It is against the Bears. All these things <laughs> seem to be coming together for Aaron Rodgers to go out and have one of those classic Aaron Rodgers games where suddenly then everybody's like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Alan Lazard's a thing. And Christian Watson, you know, we'll, we'll come back on Monday and be like, oh, yeah, these are the Packers again. That's a good point. Like, I, if Christian Watson holds on to that long 80-yard touchdown last week, day. yeah, we're, we're talking about Rodgers and the offense completely different. It's totally Totally different day. So, yes, I know we don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a top five quarterback at the end of the year, but he's still Aaron Rodgers. You can't completely discount him. If you've got him, you are probably starting him. Unlike those people who tweeted you last week and like, should I drop Aaron Rodgers? N no. 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 We, we have a Rodgers somewhere. Around yeah, I think we got a Rodgers here on this table somewhere. I don't know. I haven't knocked it over in a couple days. We'll see. <laughs> uh, 
So we're doing a new thing here called our fantasy thirst traps. They're players that uh, look really fine, look really tempting, but uh, could leave you a little bit thirsty. We should probably do this on a Thursday, and we should probably get our pal <laughs> Troy King in yeah. here for this. Uh, but we're going to do this anyway. So we each have a guy that looks really great on paper, but might leave you wanting at the end of the week. Uh, who is your thirst trap this week? It is Jalen Waddle, who... I understand is is so good, and you need to start him, especially where you drafted him. But week one didn't do anything to alleviate any concerns. In fact, I think it might have added to it. Uh, Tua, in a game where they had a lead, only threw 33 times. 12 of them went to Tyreek Hill. No one else had more than five targets. Jalen Waddell had the five targets there. Four catches, 69 yards, and a touchdown. But he needed a 42-yard touchdown to salvage his day. Obviously, he can do that at any point in a game. That's why you start him. But if he, the games that he doesn't have that long touchdown, I think you're going to be left wanting a lot more out of Jalen Waddle. It's going to be. I just, you know, sort of wondered like how the targets were going to be distributed, knowing that they spent a lot to bring in Tyreek Hill, and they're going to focus, they're going to feature him a lot. And so you wonder whether Waddle was consistently going to get a large target share. For me, it's Cordero Patterson, who exceeded my expectations in Week One. Going back and watching that game, the Falcons were very run heavy. And maybe that shouldn't be a surprise. But the fact that Cordero Patterson got 22 carries on Sunday was a surprise to me and was very effective, very efficient with that. I just don't see that sort of rush volume coming for him each and every week. And especially a week like this against the Rams. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball quite as effectively. On top of it, I think the Rams are going to be sort of frustrated about what happened last week. I expect them to come out and score quickly, which means if you're Atlanta, you have to sort of abandon the running game. They're going to have to get Kyle Pitts and Drake London even more involved. So uh, if you if you saw Cordero's numbers from last week and are tempted to maybe throw him in the lineup, think twice because I just don't see a repeat of what we saw in week one against the Saints. So uh, those are our fantasy thirst traps. We'll see what happens, whether or not, uh, you know, you're excited about it or if you uh, decided you want to just, uh, you know, maybe just look from afar and wave and say goodbye. All right. <laughs> All right, let's get to some of our top sleepers for week two. Florio, who you got? I, I think Michael Carter. I, I still think if you ask the average fantasy player who is the Jets RB1, they would say Brees Hall. But in week one, it was it was Michael Carter. He played 60% of the snaps. He had 10 carries to Brees Hall's six. And then he also saw, I mean, this is remarkable. Both running backs saw nine targets from Joe Flacco. So right there, I mean, in the passing game alone, Michael Carter had over had double-digit fantasy points. Then you add on what he does in the running game, the fact that he is a, always a candidate to score a touchdown. I think, and, and this is a game that could be closer for, the Jets, they were playing down multiple scores throughout uh, against Baltimore for much of that game. If this game against the Browns is close, I think Michael Carter could get a lot of volume. I just keep saying Michael Carter's not going away. Even if Brees Hall ends up getting more work later on in the season, Michael Carter is never going to not be a thing for the Jets. I like DJ Chark as a sleeper this week. Uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown continuing to be a big part of the passing game in Detroit. But it looks right now like the number two receiver is DJ Chark. Had more targets than TJ Hawkinson. Uh, is more of a downfield guy. We know, obviously, DeAndre Swift is going to be part of the passing game. 
But DJ Chark looks like he really could be an important part of what the Lions do throwing the football. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting game. This could sneakily be uh, one of the higher scoring games this week against Washington. I think both teams are going to have to throw the football. You talked about the, you know, the matchup of 2017 quarterbacks between Goff and Carson Wentz. Um, but, you know, a lot of targets go to Amon Ross St. Brown. They can't all go to Amon Ross St. Brown. And so I think DJ Chark uh, is potentially a chunk play guy for I, the Lions. I like that call. He is so important to that offense. He's so underrated, I think, because he helps open up everything underneath for St. Brown and Swift and Hawkinson and, and that whole cast. Right. And we didn't talk about him a lot during the preseason, but uh, I think we'll talk about him now. Uh you have Aaron Rodgers as a start. You got one of his receivers as a sleeper. Yeah, Romeo Dobbs. Uh, five targets last week might not sound like a whole lot. It was second on the team, and it led all of their non-running backs. Like, A.J. Dillon had six. Aaron Jones had five. No other player besides Dobbs had more than four. So I, I think that is telling for a week one rookie to, to be that involved. And, and I think the fact that, like, Christian Watson dropped that long touchdown – that is going to go against him, and we know Aaron Rodgers uh, loves trust, and it's such a big thing with him. I think Dobbs is earning more and more of his trust, and I wouldn't be surprised. Last week, he was fourth amongst the receivers in snaps. I wouldn't be surprised if he quickly jumps past Watkins and Cobb. Wouldn't be surprised at all, especially when you talk about Watkins and Cobb as well. Curious to see how this sort of works when Alan Lazard is back, but I think Dobbs has done enough to cement a pretty consistent spot in the rotation. Uh, my last one is Zay Jones. I feel like every year Zay Jones does just enough to sort of grab our attention and remind us that he still <laughs> exists uh, within the context of the league. I think he's the number two receiver in Jacksonville, though, behind Christian Kirk. And look, the Colts, their secondary is known to give up big plays. Uh, I mean, look, they yeah, they ended up in a, a battle with the Texans that we didn't expect. Davis Mills, for a good part of the game, looked very good throwing the football. You know, Brandon Cooks did his thing. They got a couple of touchdowns from O.J. Howard. The other part is that Zay Jones tends to run, or at least on, in week one, ran a lot of his routes and had a lot of his targets. Kind of up the seam, that is where the Colts got victimized last week. So, I know the Jaguar offense isn't great, but it feels better than last year. Just a change in coaching staff makes it feel better. So I'm not suggesting this outside of, say, deeper leagues, but I do think Zay Jones may have a little bit more potential this year than I think we thought coming into the season. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that one. And I think Christian Kirk is going to be a much better fantasy asset than we gave him credit for. I do, too. I do, too. I think, I think you know, we all laughed because the, you know, the Jaguars threw the bag at him, but – Maybe they knew something. Maybe they figured yeah. out how to unlock Christian Kirk down there in Jacksonville. Uh, if you want more sleepers, you can check out my sleeper column each and every week. It's at NFL.com slash sleepers. I got the names that I mentioned, plus a handful more. So you want to check that out uh, and take a look there to help you uh, maybe build your lineup. Plus, we got fantasy content all week long. If you subscribe to our podcast, uh, you will find it in the feed. Obviously, the Fantasy Football Show on Mondays and Wednesdays. We've got the Fantasy Q&A Show on Tuesdays and Fridays. We'll answer all your lineup questions there. You can send them to us, by the way, on social media at NFL Fantasy. And Thursdays, Florio, you are featured. It's the th it's the Stardom Sit'em Show with you and Kimmy Checks, uh, where people can uh, look at your starts and sits, and they can like I don't know tag you for old takes exposed or something. Uh, old takes exposed. You get to see us shoot money guns. It's always a good. You got to to get in on the. I fun did. Last it was so week. much fun. It, yeah, you're always welcome back if you want to. All right. 
I mean, I may sneak in here with you and Kimmy. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pop my head and shoot a money gun and run away. And that's all I'm gonna do. That should be your one, right? once a week. You just, we never know when you're gonna just, show I'm just, up. Like, just pop up somewhere and shoot a money gun and just take off. That's gonna be my whole shtick. So watch, see if that app actually happens. Maybe we'll like, I don't know, give you something on my desk from my desk if you actually recognize it. Anyway, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. Rate, review, and remember, some of this bad stuff is happening to you because you didn't forward that email to ten people. Be safe. Take care of yourself. Enjoy week two, and we'll talk to you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.